Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. This morning we are in Ephesians 5. We're going to read it. Is that okay? Verse 1 to 21. It's a chunky piece, but let's read it. When last did we read it? Everybody open your Bibles. Come on. Rustling of pages. Oh, it's so soothing to the soul. There we go. Some of them are opening apps. That's it. Here we go. Okay, I've got two knots. Let's do it. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetous covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper. I should say that again. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, if you're a preacher, all of this is not going to be your favorite easy passage to preach to people that you love. Some of these sentences are quite harsh. Some of them are direct. We live in a society where we don't like the direct always. We like the gray areas. Not so. Maybe just my mom and I, okay? <laughs> but it is His Word. And as elders, we will preach through His Word. Everybody okay with that? Let's see what God says about this this morning. Point number one, Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 5. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. 
the wants. I want what I want. <laughs> I don't know how many of you, like our, ones, our kids know that I want gets nothing. Please may I get something. You get what you get and you don't complain. Hey, you guys remember that? Or we're the only people growing up with that. But it speaks here about the wants of the flesh. I want, I want what my eye sees. I want to walk into a shop. I want to buy what I want. I want the car that I want. Tom just got a new car and I sat in there this morning and I quickly got out because I want it. I want it. My little get pales in comparison to what God has blessed him with. I want it. How many of us walk around and say, oh, I'm just coveting what you've got. I'm so jealous. I'm so envious. It's just me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm feeling so exposed. Ah. But so often I would say, Yo, I'm, so, I'm so envious of. And here Paul comes. And you know, he's probably writing this because it's been around. He's not just writing this because it's maybe one day. Just before Jesus returns, there will be one second where these people that call themselves Christians, the church of Jesus Christ, will want something. It's where we all are. Thank you, Father. We've translated. We're the church. We don't, we don't want anymore. We don't desire. Can you notice how he puts the sexual immorality, the impurity... Right next to filthy speech and crude joking and coveting. Want a chocolate in the shop and you covet it. Yeah, Paul comes and he says, hey, it's right up there. But in, in ourselves, we, we don't see it like that, don't we? Because my sin is better than your sin. My wants are covered under the blood of the Lamb. Wants, sin is sin. We don't, really con- we don't want to be confronted with this. We, we, we want to know that, that we've been forgiven. We, we want to live in perpetual grace. Half of the churches on TV nowadays tells us that's okay. That's where you can live. Do whatever you want. Want whatever you want. Because the grace of Christ is there. And they cheapen what he did. I'm making it it's like a quick little thing. Come on Easter and see what he did. And tell me you can still walk in His grace is, is just there when you need it. Our desires separate us from the desire of nations. The Bible says Jesus is the desire of nations. We went to India, and I'm sorry I'm harping on it, but they have a desire for the freedom that we have, the freedom Of the desire of nations. (laughs) And we walk in our desires. 
because I want what I want and I won't compromise. It places our own interests above the one that we call Father, Savior, Redeemer, Comforter, Lord. The one we declare here on a Sunday, the promise maker, the faithful one. It places you higher than that one. I've got this thing in life that I say to people, there's a trade-off in life. I don't think I've ever preached on that in this, in this setting. And when I walk with people, I normally say, yeah, it's a trade-off. It's your choice at the end of the day. One of my good friends had a journal made for my birthday, and at the bottom of every page it says, there are trade-offs in life. Choose well. And she credited me for it, Johan Meyer. Got my own personalized How quickly do we trade off things in life for things that we want? How quick are they? Are we to say, ah, I'll compromise on this because I can get this. I'll go for a moment of pleasure. And in that, we're slowly trading off what God wants for our lives. Second one, Ephesians 5 verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Empty words. Who, who's ever been deceived here? I mean like badly. Who's ever given money yet only to find out that you've been duped? Yo, it's a bad feeling. Hey? We had this, this thing in, in, in Cape Town. They, they would say, oh, I just need 50 rand for petrol. And Molise came and she was so chuffed that she could give 50 rand only to find out that it was a con. You feel so used and you feel so abused when you've been duped by words. Somebody comes and they spin this clever story and you fall for it. Or somebody comes and tells you, I am, you are my everything. When I look at you, the heavens sing. They sound like Celine Dion. Ed Sheeran. One direction. All at the same time, across generations, love songs open up when I see you. And slowly but surely, you expose your heart to find it treaded upon. Empty words that deceive. As a parent, have you done your homework? Yes, I have. All of it. All of it. This is, oh, by the way, this is not my children. They never, they never lie to us. They are amazing. They just do their homework. That's... And then you find out the next day that they didn't do it. And you are B 
besides yourself. Because in that moment, they deceived you with empty words and they crushed your trust and your love that you have for them. You know who else brought empty words into this world? Satan, right at the start of creation. Half-truths, lies. Will you really, really die if you eat of the fruit? Surely not. God just doesn't want you to be like him. Empty words. And humanity fell and came to it. Empty words, empty commitments, empty promises. The rest of the verse says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. You know what the the biggest thing is that happened is us being separated from our creator. Hearing words from his mouth straight to us that this is what I think about you. This is what I called you to. This is what I want for you. We traded that off. And, And that's probably the epitome of his wrath. Being separated from him for all eternity. And when you start to believe those empty words, you walk in them and instead of the fulfillment, which means you are walking into the separation from Him instead of running out of the separation from Him. What are some of those empty words that we have today? I wonder if I can throw out a few and you can just think about them. But like hiding your shame will protect you when you've done something wrong. Anybody in that category? No one asked that. Avoiding answers makes everything better. If I just don't talk about it, there is no situation. Positioning the blame is resolution. There's this thing that a person that smiles in a time of crisis already figured out who to blame. You know, there's this one person with this big smile during a crisis. He's, he's chuffed. He's like, I know who I'm going to blame. It's you. And we love to say that it wasn't me, it was you. Empty words. Your actions only affect yourself. I can do what I want to because it's just my life. You know how many guys I walk with that says to me, I can watch porn. It doesn't affect anyone else but me. And as you walk this journey of victory out of it, you start to realize the wake of devastation that you have left behind you in your inconsideration. And your pursuit for what you wanted with the desires of your eyes. Another thing is isolation is preservation. Maybe that's a statement that your life has been. I'm just going to withdraw, sit in my home, on my couch, by myself, and I will preserve 
myself. And God says, come to community. Empty words that we fall for so quickly. You're hurting. You, you are ashamed of the decisions you've made that's caused this. So what are you going to do? I'm just going to sit by myself and wallow and maybe just slowly decay. Another one is, I found this with um, one of my children with joy. What you believe can be the truth if you repeat it often enough. <laughs> she walks up to me when we have visited. She says, can I have a coffee? Guys, I don't believe in giving a three-year-old coffee. For those that do, I'm not judging you. Our standards, our house. No, Joy, you cannot have a coffee. Uh, mommy, can I have a coffee? Mommy says I can have a coffee. Mommy didn't say that, Joy. Daddy said I can. you cannot have a coffee. I want a coffee. I want a coffee. It's never going to work because she's not going to get a coffee. Our answer is no. It's not going to change to a yes just because she repeats what she wants all the time. Simple example, yet um, fortunately, adults never do that. My budget is okay. My budget is okay. My budget is okay. My budget is okay. Uh, my budget is okay. No, it's just flirting. It's just flirting. It's just flirting. It's just innocent. It's just innocent. It's just innocent. Remember joy, guys. That's all I'm saying. Remember joy. Empty words that we believe that rob us of walking into closeness with God and puts us into the wrath, which is the separation from God. Ephesians 5, 7 to 14. It's an easy one. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness. I think I'm reading the wrong one. I'm going to do darkness later. No, we can do that. It's a portion where it speaks about darkness and light. Anything that comes into the light is visible. Because when it is visible, it is light. And you used to be in the darkness, but now you are in the light. Call this point wrath. Because I think sometimes we are more scared of the wrath of man than we are of the wrath of God. I had this ridiculous thing that says, but everything changed when Jesus came. Yes, it's not ridiculous. Okay, let me rephrase. It was an argument or a debate that I had with someone. I was saying, this is God. They said, no, but it changed when Jesus came. Guys, he is immutable. He is unchangeable. The same God that created heaven and earth in Genesis is the same God that came in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Don't come and tell me he changed everything. He's the same. He just gave himself. He changed everything for us. Oh, but th that means there's no more wrath. Of course there is wrath. There is separation. He is a holy God and no sin can stand in his presence. That's why you and I need this, the saving blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's just the truth. He didn't come and nullify that because he, he came in himself. He didn't change. He changed everything for us. But now we are so scared to walk in, in transparency because what if man gets more angry with me? 
I would rather take a chance with man than I would with It drives me nuts when you think man is more important than God, the creator of heaven and earth. We are more scared of what people are going to think and how they're going to judge us than considering what Christ has done for us and what God is going to do with us if we, if we carry on the same path. So we will rather live in the darkness. I have seen how people have come to me and in a moment when they bring their shame and their guilt into the light, how their countenance changes and how their speech 180. I've had people say to me, I don't even want to swear anymore. Well, thank God for that because all of us have to listen to you. I mean, find a few other adjectives and the F word. For heaven's sake, there is a dictionary in this world. He used the same word to describe joy, happiness, anger, sadness, devastation. Come on, guys. We are more intelligent than this. But thank God. In a moment, God changes that because it's come and there's light in your life. Can we consider God more important than we consider man? And can we walk in transparency before him and not hide because of the wrath of man? Next one, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. I just called this one wise because it's literally what it says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise. Carries on. What is wisdom? Making the best use of the time at hand. The biggest frustration for a parent, if I can be vulnerable, is when your kids do not do what they have to do in the time that they should do it. Because it puts the entire household under pressure. Wise. Choose Jesus if you haven't already. And choose him now. Because you can now Walk in the fullness of what he has called you to. It's wise. Do not walk like the unwise and put it off for that day. Just before it. Do you understand this point? Be wise. December, I, I always fight with my children because they play games on their phones. And um, December, I thought, hey, I'll give it a try. Downtime. So I downloaded. I, I do always press, I play solitaire. Anybody else out there that likes solitary? Thank you. Thank you. This, by the way, teaches strategic thinking, but anyway. <coughs> empty words, empty words. So I downloaded a, a Tetris-type game, which is called Block Crusher or Breaker or something. Of course, only my kids spend time on their phones. I was able to put that thing down. After the third one, I would go in my head, I'm just going to play three, and I'm going to try and play 2,800. Whew, then comes number three. It's not that late. It's like 10 to 11. I can play a few more. <sighs> then you don't get it, and you just keep carrying on and, and carrying on. It's like addictive. <sighs> I 
Be wise. Do not live like the unwise, making good use of the time that is at hand. My kids sometimes had to tap me and say, Dad, how, <laughs> how embarrassing that a stupid little colorful block game could take my attention away from probably six of the most amazing things in this world. So, I, I, guys, I don't have anything against Candy Crush for, for you guys. You can play it, but I'm just saying, be wise, not unwise. Okay. And that's what friends are for. They will throw you under the bus while you are preaching. Number five, Ephesians 5, 18 to 21. Do not get drunk with wine. It's debauchery. He repeats himself later. He says, Timothy, drink a little bit of wine. It's good for you. Um, nowadays, I think I should just encourage all of us to drink more water. Seems like that's on the decline. So, okay, drink a little bit of water and a little bit of wine, according to Paul. But then the, the portion goes on, and it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Number five is, is worship. I'm going to tell you guys something now, and I, I really need your full attention. I need you to hold on. If you're sitting next to your spouse, hold their hands. This is a startling revelation. But the musical part of our service on a Sunday is not the fulfillment of worship before God. <sighs> Exhale. Everybody all right? The shock has come. The shock is gone. Your life should be one of expressing worship whenever you can. It's, it's easy for us that are slightly more musical than others. But like my mother used to say, if you can't sing, then read a poem. I want to add, if you can't read a poem, then rap. But for heaven's sake, let the people around you hear the praises of the one who is worthy. When you come together, I always used to think, you know, in the church we grew up, they always said, oh, bless you, brother. And I thought, mm, that is so Christianese. But there is something in that. When we can see each other as brother and sister in Christ, and we can say, may he bless you abundantly, because he is the only one that can. I can just pay for your coffee. And even that is a blessing from him. May our lives, when we're together, be an expression of worship, of joyful song, of encouragement, of hymns, of songs, of psalms. You don't know what to say to somebody? Read Proverbs and read Psalms. If you've got nothing else to say, 139 is a good start. You have been wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of Christ. Imagine if we live that reality out. No matter what color, no matter what creed, no matter what language, no matter what shape, you have been made by the creator of the universe. And I honor him for your life. That is worship. So that when we come together here on a Sunday, the celebration starts. And we worship together in melody 
and song until we cannot stand still because we have joined with heavenly worship. That's his promise. A lifestyle of honoring one another in Christ. There was this silly little song on on YouTube when we were still in Cape Town that said, it took that, it's all about you, Jesus. And it said, it's all about me, Jesus. It's all about me. I want to challenge you in your worship. Strip out the me, mine, I. And focus on the him, you, his. <laughs> Point to him in your worship. And I would be surprised if he doesn't transform your morning into joy. Last point. Going back to the start of our scripture, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering, and a sacrifice to God. Now let me tell you how I used to read this verse. And I'm sure you can read it in many ways. I read, read this verse, verse 2, that, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice. That this, this verse meant that Jesus gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Would that be a common way? All the grammar students out there, would I be, okay, Fran, Stephenson, yeah, but I can read it like that, yeah. But, and if I look at the, the English thing where you can put a, is it called a parenthesis between commas? Yeah, 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 you can also do that. Now let's take the commas out and it says, and walk in love, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And walk in love, side thought, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Back to the real thought, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love. What is our church's name, guys? Love Reaching Community. I wonder if I had to ask and walk in love as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. How many of us would say, I, I gave myself up as a, sac as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice today? You want to know how to walk in love? I want to say, according to Paul, it's be a fragrant offering to those around you and walk in sacrifice to God. It's easy to say, I'm taking my last 28 rand. Can you believe a cappuccino is 28 rand nowadays, guys? It's madness. Madness. Take my last 28 rand and I sacrifice it before God to buy this poor person a cup of coffee and lift their spirit with the caffeine from heaven. What about I'm going to sacrifice my right <laughs> to express myself as directly as I should. And maybe, what about that sacrifice? 
Maybe I'm going to sacrifice myself and give Johan my car. What other ways of sacrifice can we live in daily? There's a reason we don't persistently preach on finances in this church. Because I fear that the church has got a stigma that it's just about the money. And that's the only way you can partner with God is through finances. Makes a difference. As long as there's an economy and a world to live in, it makes a difference. I want to challenge you. Go before God and find out what else can I sacrificially give to Him. Maybe your brain. Maybe your intellect. Maybe you are sitting there and you can interpret the word far greater than I can ever dream or imagine. Maybe you can play music far better than Jermaine. Maybe you can parent like God himself can. Maybe you can lead people in business better than anyone. The last thing which I felt in God I felt it heavily in my heart this morning that there are some of us that cannot get to any of my W's because we don't see ourselves as the beloved children of God. This portion where he comes and he corrects, rebukes, encourages starts with him saying, you are a beloved child of God. How many of us are sitting here and have allowed empty words to come and steal that truth from us? How many of us are believing those empty words that were spoken over us that says you are worthless meaningless, insignificant. You will amount to nothing because you have no purpose and no gifting. Yet he calls us beloved children. I want to pose this reality to you. If you come to my house, and let's use joy. Today's Joy's Day. <laughs> joy comes to you and says, would you like some tea? What are the chances of you getting a good cup of tea? If any. Slim to none. I think she thinks she can, but she has no clue. She has no skill. And she has no credibility to follow through on the statement, would you like a cup of tea? Come to our house to give Ava a shot. She's eight. Ava says, would you like a cup of tea? You'd think, mm -hmm. I can get a cup of tea. Might be made with hot water from the tap. But in some countries, it could be called a cup of tea. Some countries. 
<laughs> if I say to you when you walk in my house, can I make you a cup of tea? What are the chances of you getting that cup of tea? If you've never had tea made by me, I make great tea. Grandmother on my father's side was English. We used to have high tea on Sundays made from tea leaves in a teapot. I drink tea milk first. Proper cup of tea. Fine china. So it doesn't, doesn't go cold too quickly. But because of who I am, that statement carries weight. When the creator of the universe says, you are his beloved, it carries the weight of the universe behind it. It carries the weight of, I love you so much, I will give myself for you as ransom. This portion starts with this incredible statement of worth. You are my beloved child. Walk in love because Christ paid the price for you. Therefore, you can live a sacrificial life. Therefore, you can be an offering. I cannot depart this morning from this point unless I give you an opportunity to come and let us help you deal with those empty words that steal this reality from you, that you are his beloved. I'm going to step out in faith here. I've asked the elders and some of the ministry team to come and stand in the front. Can you guys come and stand in the front?